Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Time to Ball podcast. It's been a while since we last uh, heard from each other. I'm back again. This is your host, Big John, brought to you by FinFlamSports.com, and I'm here with Jesse J. How you doing, Jesse? Good. How about you? Pretty good. It's been a long time since we've done a show. I'm glad to be back. The um, it's been pretty interesting with this coronavirus happening, uh, taking over the uh, I guess the issue of the day. You could say the year, which is an understatement. Um, but uh, the NFL season is halfway through already. How do you think it's gone so far? It's gone pretty well. Uh, obviously, it's going to be difficult because you have players going in and out and on and off the COVID reserve list. Uh, we've seen injuries uh, to some major star players, uh, especially earlier in the season. Guys like Saquon Barkley. Dak Prescott got hurt. Uh, I think it's gone pretty well, but I think what we've seen in the recent weeks is that the NFL is willing to force teams to play with lesser players. In the case of the Broncos, a practice squad receiver forced into action as a starting quarterback. If they believe you break the rules intentionally or are reckless. I think that was the biggest takeaway I had from this weekend is that if the NFL believes that a lesser team or a team like the Broncos is intentionally not following guidelines, that they will force them to play with lesser players. Whereas you have the Steelers and the Ravens in a more high-profile game. They are giving them every chance to get this game in. And in this case, them moving the game around so many times is going to let the Ravens get some of their players back. Alex Smith, how do you think he's done? Uh, I think he's done okay considering he hasn't played in a couple of years. I think the biggest issue is that Washington's just not very good on offense. I think they don't have a ton of playmakers. Their best receiver is Terry McLaurin. He's good. Uh, other than that, they don't have a ton of talent around him. They're running. They have a good rookie. Hmm? I believe it's number eleven or in number seven. Not number eleven. Number seventeen on the offense. This is the second year. Yeah, he's he's really good receiver out of Ohio State. He's really good, one of the leading receivers in the NFL in terms of receiving yards. He's really the one true playmaker they have at receiver. Then they drafted Antonio Gibson out of Memphis. He's been really good at running back. They kind of move him around and put him in the slot and throw him the ball. And Washington's been able to run the ball better the last few games. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing is just being able to get the ball out of Alex's hand, hands quickly protect him, and then run the ball and find ways to get the ball to the forward because he's their best offensive player. Well, not surprising to me. I knew he was going to start sometime during the season, um, and I think he's going to take that division. I think the Red, the, the Redskins, the Washington football team, will win that uh, that division um, amongst, you know, everybody's so bad in that fucking division. It's just so bad. But um, amongst the, the Giants – uh, the Cowboys and the Eagles, and the Eagles got their ass whipped tonight against the Seahawks. So, and I think this is what, week 13? Yeah. Yeah, yeah week 13. So, uh, yeah. Um, I think if they, they keep on a roll, I think next week they they play the Steelers, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. Okay. So, um, I mean, that could be the upset against the Steelers that I mean, they're, they're going to need that win regardless of what happens. So, <laughs> I think um, – That'll be obviously completely beneficial to them, um, and it'll be beneficial to the to, to the Chiefs 
for the simple fact that we need the, the, the Steelers to lose so we can have home field advantage. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing with Washington is they're set up to win this division. The Giants don't have a, or the Giants currently have Daniel Jones, who's been, who's played better the last few games, but he's dealing with a hamstring issue. He might miss a few weeks. The Cowboys don't have Dak. He had the, he had the ankle injury. Andy Dalton's been okay at times, but that, that team just, they look lost. And then Philadelphia, Wentz has been one of the two or three worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL this season. So bad. I he's feel, been I, horrible. He's been overrated completely since I think, I think, period. I never liked him, but, um. He hasn't been the same since his knee injury. Yeah. Maybe he'll have a season like Derek Carr eventually, who has actually made a good comeback, you know, in his talents for the most part. Not his uh, almost MVP season, but he's done really good, really well this year. Um, Derek Carr has for the Raiders. <laughs> um, who are your biggest surprises this year? So I think some of the biggest surprises from this season, uh, you have Justin Herbert, who has been really, really good. You have Kyler Murray, who is taking a step forward. At times, he's been a little bit inconsistent, but I don't, I don't think that that team is still a young team that's growing so that doesn't worry me too much the Raiders up until last week they had been a surprise but they absolutely got shellacked by the the Falcons and I'm a bit worried about them it seems like they it's it last year they were six and four coming off of a Chiefs loss then ended up missing the playoffs I feel like we could see a repeat of that this year and if that happens I think the Raiders have to move on from Derek Carr I agree 100%. Um, even, as well, even as well as Derek Carr's played, if they go on another, what, lose two out of the last, what, four games, or two out of the last, or they only win two out of the last six games, I think you have to move on from him. He's had two really good games against the Chiefs, and he's had a good season overall, but you just can't have him absolutely fall apart like he did against Atlanta, which is, should be an inferior opponent. On top of that, it sh- it should make if that happens, it make me it may make things interesting, considering that he lives right next to John Gruden. If he if he does get released, um, I think for me the biggest surprises so far have been the Cardinals. Um, they've actually have a you know, I think they were expected to do better, as we've said before, but um, the fact that they have a winning record would you know that shows a lot of promise. The Raiders, I'm with you, um, big surprise. It was expected because I knew John Gruden would, would eventually try to figure that team out, and he's done a, a very, very good job. Um, the Rams, from a bounce back, back, bounce back year last year, I think they've done pretty well. Their defense is really strong, um, regardless of Aaron Donald's getting double teamed, you know, and, and Ramsey. I, however, I think Ramsey has fallen off completely since he got showed up by Tyreek Hill a few years ago. He has never been the same. Um, he had a nice season this year, though. But, I don't think but, right. but considering that gap between when he was with the Jaguars, we played him versus until now, he's not the same Jalen Ramsey. Uh, he, I think he's, I, I think he's been really good this year. I think he's been really, really, really good this year. His mouth has not been as big as it used to be. I'll say that. Um, yeah, but, it, but uh, Jalen Ramsey this season with the Rams has been. He's been. He and Aaron Donald have really made that defense go. Now they they lost the, to San Francisco, but the, for the most part this season, that's been those have been the two 
reasons that the Rams defense has been as good as it has been. And then finishing up with the surprises for me, the Browns and Steelers. The Browns, just because they're 8-3, and three, I don't think they're that good. They're going to end up winning. If you look at their schedule, they're going to win 12 or 13 games. I, I don't think they're that good. I think they're going to be a first-round loss team. The Steelers are going to have a chance to be 14-2, and 15-1. and one. I don't think they'll go undefeated, but I think they'll probably finish 14-2, and two, and I think they'll end up losing out to the Chiefs, who I see uh, winning the rest of the games in the regular season. I think they've been a surprise, though. Ben has shown to be at least pretty healthy. He's a little bit – he's been shaky at times, but the Steelers are a really good team. I just don't trust them at any point in the playoffs. I don't trust that offense. They don't really run the ball that well, and if Ben Roethlisberger has one of those halves where he's just not good, you're not beating Patrick Mahomes. I agree with that. Um, I will uh, agree with you when it comes to uh, the Browns. I mean, they have their first winning season so far, so far um, since 2007. I mean, and kudos to them and that organization. They deserved it. Baker's hit and miss, but they still have a winning record. So, you know, kudos to them. Um, biggest disappointment so far, who do you got? Uh, for me, I, I have three – I have three teams and then a, a more of a person to go with one of the teams. For me, first off, Ravens. The, the Ravens The Ravens were expected to be on the Chiefs level coming into the season. They have not been. They've taken a huge step back on offense. Their defense hasn't been as good. Some of it is they had to cut Earl Thomas before the season, but if you just look at them overall, they've been really disappointing. Uh, they're, they're right As of right now, they're a fringe playoff team. Having to play the undefeated Steelers maybe on Wednesday, it, it's been it's been rough for them. Then next, I have the Bucks and Brady. I don't. It's not necessarily because I expected them to just be a thirteen or fourteen win team immediately, but what I've seen from them is just at times just utter utter. I don't want to say incompetence because I think that's a little bit too strong. But they have looked, they've looked very dysfunctional at times, and they haven't looked like a stable offense. Yes, they at times move the ball and they'll throw the ball down the field. But when you're playing, when the Bucks are playing an even game and the score is close, they are unable to throw the ball down the field. And, and when they get down, Brady's able to move the ball at times. But in all, when everything's even, he has struggled to throw the ball down the field. He's done it against bad teams. He did it a little bit against the Chiefs, but it kind of seemed like the Chiefs checked out in the second half. Well, he's only suffered from throwing the ball down the field because when he has pressure, I mean, he's he's this is the first time in in his career he's had three straight home losses. First yeah, one against I, the first. I, I think if you, I, I just think if you look at Brady, he just they're playing a style he's not good at. Brady is a dink and dunk quarterback. He's a dink and dunk quarterback, and they're asking him to throw the ball down the field. And we're only what twelve weeks through the season, and it, he just he he looks he looks done he looks done he's at, it's not like he's playing in Kansas City where it's 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 windy or cold or anything like that. He was playing in Tampa Bay, and some of those balls were just floating around. It wasn't as bad as Peyton in his last year, but it but wasn't, it's his, it's wasn't his line. Better. But you you have to you have to give you know some of that responsibility of why they're. Their offense isn't as good as it should be because of that offensive line. If he had more time to throw in the pocket, that line would produce better. 
Obviously. I, I also think it's Brady doesn't move as well in the pocket anymore. It's his age. He doesn't move as well in the pocket anymore, and he panics when he gets pressure, and he throws a lot of ducks up. I disagree because when, when at the same time, the Chiefs defense, when, when the Chiefs defense has been so bad when it comes to late in games, which is why the games have been so much more closer against Carolina, the Raiders, the Bucks. I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. It, the Chiefs defense needs to step up. I, I think when you see, I think Brady's biggest problem is you look back at the Rams game they just played before the Chiefs on Monday night. You look at his two interceptions. It was just, it was just, he was throwing ducks up. He threw ducks up against a single high safety twice. And if you look at what Brady, if you look at what Brady's done, when he has pressure, he panics and he'll just chuck the ball down the field. Well, he pressures because of good defenses. You got the Bears, the Saints, the Rams, and even a half-ass defense like the Chiefs, who have complete, the defense that has completely fallen off. I mean, Brady used to be able to move in the pocket well enough and manipulate the pocket enough where he could buy enough time and get the ball down the field. He just can't do it anymore. That's not his game. And they're asking him, some of it's on the coaching because they're asking him to throw the ball down the field at a higher rate than he should. But if you look at them overall, Brady's not been good that this year. He's put up pretty good numbers. He's not been very good. He's not been overly efficient. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, and that, and that, same and time, Tampa Bay's up. defense was not good either. Is not good either. Yeah, this, I, I don't this think is the first I, time a, a quarterback has had 460, uh, 462 yards against Tom Brady ever in a head-to-head matchup, ever. Well, his offensive line is not good. The defense on his team is not good. His defense has been good for the most part, though. The, oh, the, oh, the defense has been good for the most part. It, you're not gonna get you're not gonna get a Patriots level defense where for big games they're gonna be locked in and be able to shut the other team's offense down. Belichick's been the only coach who's been able to consistently slow down elite opponents. You're going to a different team. You're gonna have to put up points. That defense has played okay. They they've kept them in games for the most part. And Brady late in games. Has struggled. Yes, he threw a couple touchdowns against the Chiefs. I think this is more about the Chiefs' defense than it did Brady. Brady, for most of that game, was just throwing up ducks. Then the Chiefs kind of checked out, and he started to score. He started with ball and score. And then for me, my last, my biggest, or my last disappointment of the season has been Carson Wentz. He's been terrible. He's trash. He has been the. He's been one of the two or three worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe only other than the, whatever the Bears are throwing out there every other week. In terms I of. I agree with you on that, on that one completely. Um, my biggest disappointment so far have been the Texans, but Bill O'Brien was absolutely trash, horrible. Carolina, I expected them to do better with Teddy Bridgewater. Not to mention you have a good backup in P.J. Walker from the XFL slash Colts. Um, I mean, he got to play the other day. He did win. Um, his, I believe the GM from Carolina or the, the head coach from, from, the, from the, uh, the Panthers came out and said he's a future quarterback. He's a future starting quarterback. Whether it's for them or not, I don't know. But he made that statement. And the other third uh, third biggest disappointment is are the Falcons. The Falcons remind me of the Chargers from last year that they've come within winning within seven points so many times they just can't keep a damn uh, a hold on a lead and they just lose it. So what I, what I would say is can you go through those again? Yes, I have the Texans, the the Panthers, and the Falcons. What I would say with Houston is that I kind of expected this because I didn't trust Bill O'Brien as a coach. If you said you that. At, if, yeah, if you if you just look at Bill O'Brien, it, you could see this coming where the, it 
to me that when they blew that lead in the first half against the Chiefs in the playoff game, his team then gave up on him. They, they, the Texans were up 24 to nothing against the Chiefs and then proceeded to get beat down 51 to 7 in what was basically two and a half quarters. They got beat down 51 to 7. That, that's not supposed to happen in a playoff game. And, and real quick, I, I just want to say, I still think Deshaun Watson, just on pure talent, is the third or fourth best quarterback in the league. Yeah, look at his numbers this season. He's been really good. It's just his coaching has been terrible. And Romeo Cornell, I don't think he's, I don't think he's that great either. But just that, that little bit better of coaching, and you've seen Deshaun Watson play so much better since they got rid of Bill O'Brien. He's right. been really good. It's gone, it's gone under the radar because the Texans have just not been good. Carolina. Yeah. I think they've been in a tough situation. They've played a lot of close games. I think it's tough because you had a first-year head coach who had, who had never been a coach in the NFL. You then give him a new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, a lot of new offensive players, and new players on defense. And I think I think they've been about what I expected, a five- or six-win team that's, that could have won seven or eight games but didn't because they're a young team with a new coach. Now, I will say that I was correct when I told you um, previously in the last podcast that P.J. Walker would start sometime during the season, and he did, and he won. And I believe, still believe that if they would have started him sooner, they would have three to four more wins. I don't think so. I, I think he's he's basically Teddy. He's, he's Teddy. I disagree. He's Teddy. And then Atlanta, I'm not ever surprised by anything with Atlanta. Atlanta is just, they routinely blow leads. And then they, they'll they be 3-7, and seven, and then they'll win, what, five out of the last six to finish 8-8 eight eight or 9-7 or whatever. And right. that's routinely what they do. Well, that's been their pattern for the past few years, so I, I, I'll give you that one. Atlanta's in a tough situation. They have a veteran quarterback. They have offensive talent. But... If you're taking that job, you know the window's very short before you have to start a rebuild. The, the Falcons are going to be one of the more interesting teams going to the offseason because they're either going to have to find a coach who can win now or they're just going to have to hire a coach and know that that's going to take two or three years because we're going to have to restart everything. And we're going to maybe trade Matt Ryan, get rid of Julio Jones, do something with Calvin Ridley. They're, they're, in, a, they're in a really tough spot. Um, excuse me. Uh, and so that we've done the biggest surprises, biggest disappointments. Now the most expected, I have the Colts, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the 49ers, the Ravens. So I expected the Colts to do better, as you have pointed out previously in the year that you've seen that, that the Colts and Phillip Rivers doing better because of their offensive line. And I saw the Colts doing better because of that offensive line on top of Phillip Rivers being in a new new environment. Um, and I think a better head coach for sure. So um, kudos to Phillip Rivers and, and those Colts. And I still see them going to the playoffs. Um, they are in the hunt right now. But I, I see them going – someone getting a wall card, obviously, um, even though they got shellacked by the fucking Titans yesterday. But, you know, everybody loses eventually. Um, the Chiefs, I expected them to be where they are. Doing fantastic, having a great offense. The defense still needs to get their shit up, and C. Spagnuolo needs to needs to fucking get in their heads and, and figure something out because they either start off well or they don't, and and they go shit at the end of the game, or they got to find their rhythm going into the second half to do better in that second half. So that 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 defense is not what it was last year, 
Um, somewhat similar in the sense of them not finding themselves yet. Hopefully they do. Um, but the offense is just so powerful, you know, it's overlooked a lot that nobody speaks about it. Um, the Steelers, I expected them to do and almost be where they are. I didn't expect them to be, do this well, but I expected, them, I expected them to do, you know, pretty well, especially considering with Ben and, you know, Mike Tomlin. And, you know, that's just a good duo. The 49ers, I expected them to fall off because I still think Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is an overpaid quarterback who doesn't deserve all that money. Um, regardless of injuries, you know, and George Kittle is not better than Travis Kelsey. I don't give a shit what anybody says. It's not true. Um, the Ravens, they're in the middle for me. Mostly expected because they still don't have a, a legit quarterback. They have a running back as a quarterback who somehow won the MVP award as a quarterback, yet he's a running back. So, um, yeah, um, those are my most expected. Yeah, for, for me, going back to surprises, I I think maybe we might want to consider Miami a surprise, although I thought coming into the season that they That's would a great one. be really good. That's a great one. I just think with Miami, it's – it's tough with Miami because they wanted to play Tua, and I know he's apparently dealing with a thumb injury right now, but I think they should have just stuck with Fitzpatrick. I just – Tua is one of those quarterbacks who I I would have been more comfortable with them easing him in because I just I, – I feel like the way the Dolphins started the season with Fitzpatrick, I just wouldn't have moved off of Fitzpatrick. I would have just rode it until the wheels kind of fell off, then go to Tua. I don't know, maybe it's because he was coming off that hip injury, but I, I felt like with Fitzpatrick, they kind of had something rolling. Uh, I know he had that good game versus the Cardinals, uh, and they were able to beat the Cardinals in Arizona, but Miami, Miami's been a lot better than I expected. Uh, or they've been a little bit better than I even expected them to be, even though I thought they could they were going to be a fringe playoff team coming into the season. Well, um, touching on the Colts real quick, with the way Philip Rivers has played, you know, he has a one-year deal. Do you think he gets a multi-year, multi-year deal after this season's over? I don't think it'll be a multi-year deal. If he wants to keep playing, he'll he'll keep signing one-year deals. I think the Col- if I if I were the Colts, I would bring him back, but I would also draft a quarterback in the first round next year. I think that's fair. Um, let's get to some NFL firings. Matt Patricia got fired this week. Earlier in the season, Bill O'Brien was fired. There's been several GMs fired. Um, any other head coaches that have been fired? The Jets? Uh, no, they haven't fired their coach yet. Uh, okay. yeah, Dan Quinn in Atlanta. Dan Quinn, yep. Is that uh, it? Matt, oh, Matt Patricia in Detroit. Said that, yep. Uh, Bill O'Brien, of course. What do you think about Jim Harbaugh going to Detroit? Jim Harbaugh, I... I don't know if Jim Harbaugh is going to get an NFL job. He's been really bad at Michigan. I I don't know if uh, NFL – he's I, Jim Harbaugh isn't the hot commodity he was when he got fired from San Francisco and he could have basically had any job he wanted right. in, in the NFL or college. I don't think that I, – I don't – I could see him maybe going to like a mid-tier college program. To me, it, Jim, Jim Harbaugh would – the job he's looking at, considering how bad it's gone in Michigan, it's like Kansas. That, that's the job he's looking at is – I, I'm going somewhere to try to redeem myself, and and I'm going to a lesser program to try to rebuild them. And so to me, that would be that would be probably his ideal spot. It's like I like that. Kansas. That's a good pick. Good Although pick. I'm not sure if you want to do that if you're Kansas because they have less miles right now, and it's going very poorly. And that was a similar style of hire, similar style of hire. But I, 
I don't think Harbaugh is going to end up at one of these big-time jobs, although you never know. It only takes one person who sees the name Jim Harbaugh and thinks that they're going to hit on that uh, hiring. Facts. Big facts. Um, okay, so next we have – who are your, your three leading MVP candidates so far this year? For me, it's Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and I would say – I would say Russell Wilson over Kyler Murray just because I think Russ is dealing with a substantially worse defense. His his defense, what I think it was through the first 10 games, had allowed the most passing yards in NFL history by at least 307 yards. I think what we're seeing with Russ is he's having a season a lot like Patrick Mahomes did in 2018. The difference is that I think I don't think Russ is quite as good as Patrick Mahomes, and you're seeing a few more turnovers. You also got to think, Mahomes threw 12 picks in 2018 uh, with 50 touchdowns. He's also in his first year as a starting quarterback. And I think what you're seeing with Russ is I don't think he's quite as good as Mahomes, so you're seeing turnovers uh, go up. And he's I think he's on pace for about 20. Well, even if he has 20, okay, well, let me just get my, my – uh, I agree with all of them except for Aaron Rodgers. Um, now, I will say that my three are Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. <laughs> um. You're you're missing it. You're missing out with Rodgers. Rodgers is having an incredible season. He's, I'm sorry. No, he, not he at all. Mahomes might be having the two most efficient NFL seasons in the history of quarterbacking. I'm sorry, that's not happening for me. Um, but anyways, better than Brett um, That's a lie. But better than Brett Anyways, um, Russell Wilson. If Patrick Mahomes is number one, Russell Wilson is one A. He should have got the MVP last year over Lamar Jackson just because he had one winning, one bad winning. Um, one I, bad game. Lamar was really good last year. He was yeah. He was, he was running. He didn't throw. And he was he was the most dynamic weapon in the NFL last because year. he ran, not because of his arm. He he had the most he had the most touchdowns from the pocket last year. Oh my God, please! That, that's just the style they played. They were a heavy run offense that did play action, and Lamar was really good. The problem is they didn't really adjust their offense. Teams adapt to it, and it's not working. So they're gonna have to they're gonna have to adjust. If if you want to if you want Lamar to take the next step. You got to you got to continue adjusting the offense, and you also need Lamar to be a better thrower outside the numbers. But last year he deserved the MVP. I I don't agree with that. I mean Russell Wilson last year had thirty uh thirty one touchdowns and, and and five interceptions. That that's phenomenal. Lamar, ha- I think Lamar had thirty five or thirty six passing touchdowns. So he Lamar and he had a thousand yards rushing. Lamar was, I think you're downplaying how good Lamar was last year. Lamar was really, really, really. Good. Lamar Jackson. I don't. I Lamar don't Jackson Lamar... put off an Alex Smith, an Alex Smith year, regardless of the rushing. He had three thousand one hundred twenty seven yards. That, that's a that you don't see those low numbers anymore for a quarterback. I yeah, he did throw thirty six. Playing... He did he did throw thirty six touchdowns and six interceptions. But I mean. Russell Wilson should have took it. I'm sorry. Lamar wasn't prob- – he probably wasn't a unanimous MVP, but he – I think you're downplaying how good Lamar actually was in 20 and 2019. He was a running back who's not a quarterback. I I don't think that's necessarily fair to Lamar. I think that's some of the uh, – I think that's some on the coaching. you gotta you got to have Lamar throw outside the numbers. Even if Lamar is bad, you got to find – you gotta you got to make sure you know what he can and can't do. And I think the Ravens have kind of played it safe in terms of they have a style that's going to win them games, but this year it's not working as well as it did uh, in 2019. But they're just they aren't adjusting. You got to find out if Lamar if it's a, if Lamar throws 12 or 13 picks this year, who cares if if he gets if by the end of the season he's a much better thrower outside the numbers 
then that's good for you. But they aren't even trying. So that's where that's where my pause would be with Lamar is him them not trusting him to throw the ball outside the numbers is a big issue, and I don't think that's going to bode well for them if they expect this to work out long term. They got to develop him as a passer. If if they don't make the playoffs this year, then going into next year, the Ravens. The Ravens are going to have a big they're, – they're going to be dealing with a big issue because Lamar is probably going to have to be paid after this offseason. And if you're the Ravens, I think you have to go into next year with, with Lamar not under a, a long-term deal because you have to find out whether he can be a full-time quarterback. I think he can do it, but the Ravens, they have, Ravens have a lot of changes that you're going to need to make on offense. They have to get more talent, and they have to change the offense to be more of a – it doesn't need to necessarily be a Chiefs – like offense, but it needs to be a offense that at least threatens team down the field and outside the numbers. Well, that's not going to happen. At the same time, he's not going to last ten years in the NFL. I, I, I think Lamar Lamar really doesn't take big hits though. He's very good at getting out of bounds. He's very good at getting out of bounds. Teams will figure that out, Jess. They will figure that out because well, they. I would also say, look at that's why that's why people always talk Kyle about the game thing. evolving into a running game, a running quarterback. You have to have a quarterback to evolve with a running game. Look in, how, in look their, how effective Kyler Murray in their playbook. Look, look how effective Kyler Murray Murray's been running. You don't ever see him take big hits. He is just an because, effective. He's an effective because, quarterback. Lamar Jackson is not a quarterback. Their numbers. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I think Kyler Murray's basically the twenty. He's the twenty twenty version of what Lamar Jackson was last year. I disagree. The difference is that. The difference is that. Kyle Murray is more of a scrambler than a they're just going to design runs for him. He's, he's a little bit better at scrambling. Lamar gets more direct, more actual run plays called for him. I, I think they're fairly similar. I think they're having fairly similar seasons. I think, I, think, I think there's a little bit too much hate on Lamar. I don't think it's all his fault. He's got to get better, but it's not all his fault. Yeah, moving on. Um. Let's talk about real quick before we go. Who are your AFC and NFC matchups that so far at this point in the season? Going into Week 14, who are your uh, your your matchups for the AFC Championship, the NFC Championship? I have the Chiefs over the Tennessee Titans in a in a rematch of the 2019 AFC Championship game. Okay, well, right now I have and I I, I have the Chiefs beating Tennessee similar score around you know 35-24. 31, 20, something like that. I have um, the Chiefs going to the AFC Championship against the Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers. Now, that could be a good thing, and that could be a bad thing for us. We have bad history in the playoffs against the Colts, except for recently, you know, we beat Andrew Luck here. I believe it was the wild card of the first round. It was a wild card, uh, wild card game um, in the playoffs. But um, historically, we do not have a good history against the Colts. And Phillip Rivers has a hard-on to beat us anytime he can. But um, I think it's going to go down like this. He has a one-year deal this year, obviously. He's doing everything, everything he can to make that team go to the playoffs, which I think he will. We will face, and he will ball, well, first, he will ball out in the playoffs to get to the AFC Championship. I don't necessarily know the about that. The Chiefs will ball out in the playoffs, as we always do, in, and get to the AFC Championship game. You're overestimating Colts. It will be the Chiefs versus the Colts in the AFC Championship game, 
and again, the Chiefs will dominate the Colts and Phillip Rivers will might retire if we embarrass him one more time. It'll be our last little cherry on the top of his career because he can't beat us one more time again. Um, and that's what I got for the AFC. Who do you got for the NFC? Well, first off, I think you're overestimating Philip Rivers. I think Philip Philip Rivers is going to have a game, or he, he's had him this year where he just throws two or three picks and he looks awful. Uh, he's been better because the Colts are a better coach team, but they still don't have a ton of talent on offense, and they, that's a that's a team that I don't I I don't envision them beating. I, I that's a team to me that maybe has a chance against a team like the Steelers, but I, I just I don't trust that. Colts team. They've been very up and down and very shaky this year. In the NFC, I have Green Bay over New Orleans in the NFC Championship game. Oh, interesting. Uh, So you're predicting a Super Bowl matchup of the Chiefs versus uh, the Packers? Yes, Mahomes-Rodgers, Super Bowl 55. (laughs) Well, I disagree with that 100%, minus the Chiefs part. Um, I exclude the Chiefs. Um, regarding the Packers, because Aaron Rodgers is a choke artist, and it's not going to happen. Now, my predictions will are the, uh, if everything goes well, the Seahawks versus the Redskins. Um, the football team. The Washington football team. Oh, the Washington football team, motherfucker. The Washington football team. I see the Seahawks going not, against. Not just Washington. They're the football team. They want you to know that they are a football team. They're the yeah, they are a football team, for sure. So, yes, going against Alex Smith and the Washington football team. Um, because I see Alex stepping up, you know, and and making the case that he he is the undisputed comeback player of the year. Um, and I think he's going to do anything he can to, to win a game. Um, I know you said that they don't have many offensive weapons, but Alex Smith is an offensive weapon himself. Um, and I think he's going to ball out as, as much as he can. But I think they're going to squeak away with everyone – in the playoffs. Um, but I see the Seahawks just dominating once they get in the playoffs. Hopefully they can figure everything out defensively and offensively. And Russell fixes his, 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 um, errors. But I think it's going to be the Chiefs, the, the Chiefs versus the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. The problem I have with the Seahawks is that the Seahawks are very much like the 2018 Chiefs, where their defense is going to lose them a game, or it, it unless they have the ball last. Their defense is going to lose them a game if they have to play defense on a final drive. Um, and the the NFC is wide open. Uh, New Orleans could, but I don't really trust Drew Brees, and I don't I don't trust whoever's going to be quarterback. If it's not Drew Brees, then Taysom Hill. I don't. You really trust Taysom Hill? I don't trust Taysom Hill. I don't trust him either. And if Drew Brees makes a try to make a comeback in the playoffs, all it takes is one hit, and he's done. And then and then you have Green Bay. I don't really trust them either. I trust Rodgers, but that team's had some sinkers this season. Seattle, their defense is terrible, and they don't have a consistent pass rush. Uh, Washington, they've been better with Alex Smith, but they don't have a ton of talent. Arizona has Arizona's dropped games they should have won this year. That's a young team still learning how to win. Tampa Bay, they've looked terrible at times. And then the, I think the Rams are one of the playoff teams right now, and nobody trusts Jared Goff. He, he just lost to the San Francisco, and San Francisco didn't have half their team. That's fact, big facts. So that's why I'm saying, with everything, with every scenario you just named, besides Washington, I think Washington can be a, be a sleeper. They can sneak in there, and I think it's possible. Look at the Titans last year. I didn't think they were that good. I don't still, I still don't like Tannehill. The case I would make for Washington, or or this goes for the Giants either, if they if Daniel Jones is healthy and they make the playoffs, is that 
But I think more so for Washington is that they get into the playoffs, they ran the ball a bunch, or they ran the ball much better. Is it if they were to get in the playoffs, and Tampa Bay is very good against the run, but if they were to play a team like, let's say, let's say Seattle doesn't win the NFC West and it's Arizona, I think they could beat Seattle. In the I think they could beat Seattle, even though Seattle's got a pretty good run defense. I think Alex Smith, Terry McLaurin, like they have, they have enough, they have enough that they could start moving guys around, and I think they could attack a Seattle defense. Tampa Bay, we've seen them give up big plays. The NFC is just wide open. I don't trust any of these teams. I think it's a bunch of a, uh, I think it's a bunch of good teams that aren't great. Um, so do you, with, do, you, do you agree with me because of your statements right now? Do you agree with me that the Washington football team can uh, make it to the NFC championship? Yeah, I don't think it's impossible that they have a Titans like run just because the NFC is full of unreliable teams. I, I mean, San Francisco and Minnesota are what a game. I think they're each a game or game or two out. If San Francisco made the playoffs, I could see them getting back. I could, I could see them getting back to the AFC Championship game, just because they're well coached and they they have a they have a floor of what you expect them to be. They're going to run the ball and they're going to have an okay pass rush and their defense is going to be well coached. I don't well, think they're uh, good enough to. I don't think they're good enough to get back to the Super Bowl, but it wouldn't shock me if they're in the NFC Championship game. They're not even in the playoffs right now, but it wouldn't shock me just because the NFC is so balanced. I, I agree with you on that. Um, so if it did come down to a Seahawks versus Washington football team, who would you pick? The Seahawks are pretty – they've been pretty stout against the run this year. Washington doesn't have a ton of weapons, but Seahawks, the Seahawks don't play normal games, and sometimes they play down to the competition. It wouldn't shock me if Washington stuck around in that game. I just don't think – I think that's the type of team that I don't – I don't think Washington's good enough to – to put together the uh, like a twelve play drive to beat Seattle, so I would expect Seattle to win that game. But if let's say Seattle plays a team like Arizona, and then it's a championship game, I could see that I could see them easily losing. Kyle Murray has the ball late, drives him down for a touchdown. I, I can see that very. I can see that that's very plausible. But even, in that scenario, could you even imagine a team like, even a team like the Bucks? Let's say let's say it's Seattle and Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Is as bad as Brady's been. Who do you trust more, that the, the terrible Seattle defense or Brady and his weapons? I trust Brady, wep- Brady and his weapons more than I do Seattle's defense. So I, I, that's why as bad as some of these teams are uh, I, and some of the major flaws they have, they're, just, they're all fairly balanced. There's not, there's not a – I wouldn't say there are Mahomes-level players. Like, as good as Aaron Rodgers has been, we've seen Aaron Rodgers have stinkers in the playoffs. We've seen him just have stinkers in the playoffs. It, it happened. It happens. It's happened multiple times. But we just, and it's not even all Aaron Rodgers' time. Look at what happened in San Francisco when they just, they just kind of fell apart. They couldn't stop the run and allowed seven and a half yards to carry. Jim Garoppolo only had to throw the ball five times, and they just blew him out. Well, um, I mean, just saying. Could you imagine the headlines if Alex Smith and the Washington Football Team? Won the NFC Championship and they go head to head against Patrick Mahomes. The headlines, I mean, would be unbelievable. Just because it's his former team, that would be an amazing. Just off headlines alone, that would just be incredible. Yeah, the, yeah I mean, it would, it would be a great story, but that that Super Bowl would be very uncompetitive. The Chiefs might be favored by fifteen in that game. I, I give you that. 
Um, like, but this is I, this is this I, is I, I know I know every game has to be played, but if, if that if that scenario were to play out, Washington, I don't think Washington could. I don't think that that's not a game I want to ever see played because I just don't. I I don't see how they win that game. Even if Washington runs for three hundred yards, I just don't see how they win that game. It, oh, it I'm would, with you 100. percent I, I would take. It would I, take I still easy. think it's possible they it could would, make it to the NFC Championship. I, I think the Chiefs could beat Washington with Chad Henney if they had. <laughs> and I think I think they could beat them by 10 plus points with Chad Henney. I'm with you on that. Well, these are these are the numbers according to Sportsline for the NFL playoff percentages um, for each team in each conference. So. Sportsline has the AFC lined up with the Chiefs 100% chance of making the playoffs, the Steelers 99.9, the Bills 99.2, the Titans 98.4, the Ravens are slightly favored over the Browns um, with a 72.6% chance, and the Browns um, with a 69.4, which is interesting. So that's a toss-up for that wildcard spot according to that division so far. So that, that looks that's interesting. So keep an eye on that one. Um, and then you have the Dolphins with a 63.9% chance um, of making the playoffs. And right below them are the Colts with a 56.1%, which I think that the Colts will, will still make it. Um, and for the NFC, you have, you know, the Saints with a 100% chance of making the playoffs. The Seahawks, 99.9%. They have them listed as, according to uh, Sportsline. The Packers, 99.8%. The Rams, 66, uh, 96.8%. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The Packers, 99.8%. The Rams, 96.8%. The Bucks have a 74.2% chance of making the playoffs. Um, followed by the Cardinals with a 58.6. So, uh, and, and lastly, they have the Giants with a 35.8. We don't know if that's with Daniel Jones or with exactly. him in the games or not. Exactly. And then the Bears have a 29% chance of making it. Yeah, which that's, is, not, that's not happening. Which is – and the, these numbers just came out. So, I mean, that's a very, very slim chance. So they're saying that the Colts have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Bears. But according to the NFC lineup percentages, they are a lot more different, like as you said, because it's so iffy. Once you hit Tampa Bay, everything falls off. So you have the 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 only team that is above seventy percent. The only team that's above sixty percent are the are the Bucks, um, that are closest to that. So you have the, the Cardinals, the the Giants, and the Bears, according to the sports line, who are under sixty who have an under sixty percent chance of making the playoffs. So if Daniel Jones is not healthy, I see Alex Smith taking that spot. I mean, winning that division. So, uh, to your point, kudos because you're spot on of the NFC just being so so iffy. Of which we can see we can see weird results come from that from that uh, from the NFC playoffs, and they're probably going to stick with seven teams. But there's a chance they maybe even expand it to eight teams. We know the NFL's been talking about that, uh, depending on what happens with. Uh, with COVID and how it affects the rest of the season, and whether they have to cancel games or there's too many games to add a 18th or 19th week. So I, I, we'll, we'll have to see, but the NFC is going to be one of those. We could we could get a weird result from the NFC where it wouldn't shock me if any of the seven or eight teams make, make it from the NFC. With AFC, if everyone is healthy, I think the Chiefs, I'm 
I'm pre- I'm confident the Chiefs are going to be able to get back to the Super Bowl and win it. I the question is who they're going to play. To me, to me, I the agree. question is who they're going to play. Yep. Look for uh, look for those Washington football teams to 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 get it in gear and meet us in the Super Bowl. Is all I'm saying. So, I want to. Did you did you see any of Taysom Hill versus the Broncos? Because I didn't think he was that good, considering he didn't have to be great because the Broncos were starting receiver and quarterback. But I didn't think he looked particularly good against a competent uh, Broncos defense. I'd, I'd be worried if I were the Saints because I thought Drew Brees has looked pretty limited, and Taysom Hill gives him a more athletic running dynamic. But I don't think he's as he's not as consistent. And he looked better last week. You yeah yeah you have a you have an expectation of Drew Brees that he's gonna get the ball out quick, slants, quick passes. Going to struggle when he has to push the ball down the field or is forced to push the ball down the field. Yes. The Saints are going to end up being the number one seed in the NFC, probably. I don't trust them at all. They, to me, it wouldn't shock me if they lost. If they lost in the first round, I could see them losing to anybody. I agree. I mean, what Drew Brees has what eleven broken ribs and a, a punctured lung, something like that. Yeah, it's 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 rough. Do you see him coming back at all? I mean, he'll he'll come back because I don't think he's going to play next year. The question is, how effective is is he going to be? How much are they going to let him play? And then how much more do they give Taysom Hill? Because I expect Taysom Hill to stay a pretty consistent part of that offense. Well, you the, know, I can I can see season. Taysom Hill getting hurt, and I was shocked at the fact that they put him in over Jameis Winston. I'm just saying. And there's been some speculation that it's because the Jameis, you know. Maybe Sean Payton hasn't – he's seen Jameis every day and he doesn't like – I think he doesn't like what he's seen from Jameis. I don't think it's that. I think it's that he wants to prove he's right with Taysom Hill. But it, just look at – Taysom Hill is, a, is, what, 31, 32? He's a 31 or 32-year-old quarterback who just has started his first two games. And I I don't – to me, he's not an NFL quarterback. He's not going to succeed Drew Brees. He's not – I don't think he's a full-time NFL quarterback. Is he a backup and a nice utility player? Yeah, I don't think he's a full-time NFL quarterback. I've not seen anything from him to make me think he's going to be able to to follow Drew Brees as a starting quarterback. And I know we talk about Jameis and how he's inconsistent and stuff like that. Jameis at least has talent. I've seen Jameis be good. Now, he, he is he a bad decision maker? Does he throw a lot of picks? Yeah, but I've seen Jameis be good. He's had moments where he's been really, really good. And I, I just – that's a very curious decision to not play him and see what you have. I agree with you 100%. Because I, I still think Jameis is going to have a year. Maybe I'm wrong, and he just falls out of the NFL, but I think there's going to be a coach who is able to, is able to at least for a season, be able to kind of rein him in and win 12 or 13 games and have a chance to get a, get to the role with Jameis Winston. I don't know who it's going to be, and it may even be a long shot, but knowing how knowing how coaches – from year to year, are able to to get the best out of some veteran quarterbacks. And my thing is kind of Michael Vick with Andy Reid, the year that Michael Vick kind of came back onto the scene, had the big year with Andy Reid. Right. They were running a lot of air raid-type concepts, and it's some stuff that you started to see Alex Smith last year and Patrick Mahomes' first couple of years with the Chiefs. The Andy Reid wanted to run, and he was then able to run it as he got better players with the Chiefs. There's going to be a coach who gets Jameis Winston that's run that's had 
that's had one of these older quarterbacks. They get James Winston, and they're able to at least for one year rein him in, and they're gonna he's gonna have a big year. I I just I feel it coming. I see that happening also. I mean, he threw for five thousand yards last year. Yeah, I think that's something we forget because he had a comically high thirty interceptions. But Jameis, Jameis was legitimately good. I think, I think Jameis is a he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. I don't think he's been a high end starting quarterback, but he's he's better than some of the random guys that are being tried out. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. You have any more uh, comments that you want to put out there real quick before we go, or no? Yeah, yeah. Overall, I just think it's gonna be interesting to see how the NFL handles the playoffs because the worst case scenario is that we get one of these one of these weird games where it's Green Bay hosting the Rams and it being Tim Boyle versus whoever the hell is the Rams back in the quarterback. <laughs> and that to me that you don't want to see that. For example, let's say let's say it's Josh Allen and well, let's say it could easily be this, that we get the Bills and Colts in the first round of the playoffs. Right. Who wants to see Matt Barkley? And I don't uh, I don't think Jacoby Brissett's terrible, but nobody wants to see Matt Barkley in the playoffs. Or, no, yeah, is it Matt, I think it's Matt Barkley who's their backup. Nobody wants to see him. Whoever whoever the hell is the Bills back in quarterback, nobody wants to see these back in quarterbacks play. Oh, real quick, now that you mentioned the Bills, which I think have gone completely underrated, even though when they played the Chiefs. I don't trust him. He might have one really good game where he throws three or four touchdown passes, looks really good. The next week, I guarantee it, he'll have two or three picks and he'll just, he'll be throwing the ball backwards. He'll be throwing the ball forwards after running the ball. It, Josh Allen is, I, I would never trust him in a playoff game. I could never trust a quarterback like that in the playoffs, ever. He's better than you expected, though. And I said he was going to be good. And he's better than you expected, though. You have to admit that. Yeah, he's he's been really good this year, but I still think when when he's played the better teams, I I just I I there's something about it. There's just something about him that I don't think I would ever. There are two teams, one in each conference that I would not trust if they have a big lead in the playoffs. One of them is Buffalo because Josh Allen will have a play that screws them over and they'll blow a lead, kind of like they did against the Texans last year in the playoffs. And then Arizona. Arizona's blown some games they should have won. Those are the two teams in the playoffs this year, one in the AFC, one in the NFC, that if they have big leads in one of these games, I would watch because I don't think any lead is safe with the way they play. And with Arizona, I don't think it's necessarily Kyle Murray. It's Cliff Kingsbury. I don't trust him right. with any type of lead. Um, Real quick, before we go – you know, you said you commented on the Bears when that even I just read the sports line percentages. They have like a twenty nine point one percent or twenty nine point nine percent chance. Of yeah, the Bears. The Bears are a complete mess. Like that, you, that team's a mess. I mean, it's, it's a mess, huge mess. Who do you think has a better shot of making the playoffs, the Vikings or the Bears? I, I would say the Vikings just because they, they they they've shown a little bit of life on offense, but I I don't trust I don't trust Kirk Cousins against any good teams. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, still, that's one of those ones that the Rams have been kind of shaky and streaky. That San Francisco, if they sneak in, I don't think they get back to the Super Bowl, but they could make a little bit of a run. 
Now, see, my prediction is coming true, and you didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> I said there just may be three teams from the NFC um, NFC West that have three teams come out of it. And it's looking like it's going to happen, Jess. The Seahawks, the Rams, and the Cardinals. I think what we've seen is a massive disappointment from the Bears, even though even the Bears, you didn't ever trust a quarterbacking, but – they have like that's a team with talent. They have talent. They just have been their offense has just been dreadful. Minnesota's been really underachieving. They they've kind of recovered, but they started really slow and they had the disastrous they had a, a such a disastrous start to the season that that's probably gonna be what what present prevents them from making playoffs. The Lions just at times showed life, but nobody thinks their coaching was any good. They didn't Seemed like they were a team that put their players in the best position to win. From week and to I didn't realize how bad the the environment was there with Matt Patricia. The fact yeah, that they, I mean, they said they had champagne and whatever else when he got fired, that that speaks volumes of the environment that was happening there. And the the Lions, it's the ultimate. You have to sometimes what you have may not be great, but you have to make sure that what you're bringing in is better. Jim Caldwell wasn't a great coach by any means, but he at least had them in the playoff hunt every year. They, I think they'd made the playoffs two out of four years or something like that. If you're the Lions, you have to make sure if you're going to move on from that coach because that's not a team that's been overly successful. They they went and they tried to go for the big the big hire, the Belichick disciple. Yep. And I would say that they they chose wrong. My, it's worked for Miami. I like Brian Flores. I think he's a. I think he's one of the better coaches in the NFL. I. I think he's. I think he's. He's been a really big surprise, and I think he's shown a lot of. I think he's shown a lot of poise as a coach. To me, Matt Patricia always came off as kind of arrogant and thought he was smarter than everybody else in the room. I know well, he a had a pencil in his ear. What does that tell you? I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a rocket scientist in terms of <laughs> in terms of knowledge, but. Just because you're smart does not mean you're able to communicate with people. And go. Matt Patricia is one of the biggest examples of he can he he knows a lot of things. He's unable to communicate communicate with people, and people do not like him, and they do not trust him. And and they, and the Lions, I don't think they were ever fully committed from from the first couple weeks. You heard players chirping about him, right? And my last question is on the AFC East. <laughs> Who do you think is going to win that division? The odds are Buffalo, but it wouldn't shock me if Miami wins that division. If Buffalo, you look Buffalo. at it, if, if both the Bills and Dolphins fall off, the Patriots can still win out and take that division. Yeah, I, I, I don't. If that were to happen, and let's say the Bills and Miami kind of fall back and New England were to win that division, I, I know we talk about Belichick because he's he's been he's been probably the greatest coach ever. But that team is going to get cooked in the playoffs. Like I don't, I, I don't know who they'd play. I think it, it actually, you know, what's funny is it'd be Cleveland and they would beat Cleveland. <laughs> they'd be, I, I think they'd be playing Cleveland and they would beat Cleveland. That would be great. Uh, so yeah, I just, that was that was my last question because uh, you got the the Bills eight and three, the Dolphins seven and four, and the Patriots five and six, which they're not. They're only three wins behind, and you got enough weeks to do to to catch up. Yeah, I, I just I don't think they have enough from week to week. 
Uh, they're still a pretty well-coached team. I just don't think New England has enough from week-to-week to be able to do it, but I guess you can't count them out. The Raiders went from being right in the mix to they just lost to the Falcons, and I think they play the Jets next. Yes. Um. So it wouldn't completely shock me if the Raiders lost to the Jets. I know they've had some moments this year where they've looked really good, but I, I just I don't ever trust that team. That team just, to me, that is the least – other than the Falcons, that might be the least trustworthy team in the league. And that includes the Chargers. But you, at least you know with the Chargers, if Herbert has the ball late, they'll have a chance. The problem is, that if, the, if it's their defense, which has been more often than not, the Chargers defense isn't stopping anybody late in the game. Agreed. Well, um, thanks, Justin. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be back with this um, show. And um, thank you for having uh, this great discussion. And uh, thanks folks for listening to us. And this has been the Time to Ball podcast with your host, Big John, brought to you by FinClamSports.com. And with the lead editor of that website, check out his new article called COVID-19 and the NFL Playoff Bubble um, on FinClamSports.com. And that's Jesse J. Jesse, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thank you. We'll see you guys soon. Happy holidays.